Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13 Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Oh, yeah. I wanted to give everybody a taste of the Pilgrim's Progress by Christopher Glenn because it's freaking awesome. I like it. Prepare oh, yourselves for its freaking awesome ministries. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because Jesus is rad. <laughs> He's a rad dad. It's mm. awesome to be in the Holy Ghost today. And it's really nice to be set apart from the spirit of men and the spirit of women and the human being through sanctification because that's where you'll find all the demons. And they're not too happy with us, are they? No, they're not happy. They're always angry. Always <laughs> Accusational, think. judgmental, crit critical. You'll find that they're always religious. And if they can't get in religion... They'll try to get you into some kind of lust and rebellion. Hmm. Greed. Especially into fear. Y'all getting tempted by demons out there? No. Not me. It's so easy. My armor of God is so sick I don't even have problems. I'll just take some of my armor. Ah, 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 ah. Ooh, we can feel that today. How sick is your human skin? We want to remove the pride of man and impart the grace of Jesus. For true armor. And it gets easier and easier when you recognize divinity is imparted into the spirit through the word of God and the flesh is not capable of godliness. What I found is people get discouraged thinking that studying, reading, learning, praising, worshiping, all these Christian things we do would produce godliness in the flesh. That's where people grow weary in well-doing. You see it, most Christians do. They come to a place where I have invested everything I have and I still don't <laughs> have the results that I desire. Why? Because they're only possible through the spirit part of you. Already kumbaya half to death and it's still not working. It's just how much more kumbaya do you got in you? <laughs> I got a lot more kumbaya left in me. <laughs> kumbaya is pretty much my favorite thing in the whole world. That's why you make fun of it. So you don't take yourself too seriously and up discouraged by looking at the self nature instead of Jesus Christ. Realizing the glory. Okay. One, I realized the glory once, like 25 years ago. 
when a cloud came into my room and I heard the audible voice of God and the Archangel Michael stepped out of the cloud. But I haven't realized the glory ever since. Oh. <laughs> no, that's what people are. They're like, I had a realization of the glory. Listen, man. Crucified with Christ daily is the realization of the glory. You know what the glory is? It's the splendor of his manifest presence that comes through the inner man understanding the word of God. Shekinah, which is the word for glory in the Bible, manifests only through wisdom and understanding. The Apostle Paul says that you may have the wisdom that lifts you up into the presence of his glory. So how much wisdom? Exact amount of radiant splendor that you're experiencing from Jesus Christ through your spiritual stomachs. Through your spiritual stomachs. Through your spirit man. Is your spirit man manifesting wisdom? Then your brain is resting in glory. Is your brain yoked to worldly religious wisdom? There's a religious <laughs> counterfeit, and this is the strongholds we want to tear down, burn down tonight, so you can take heavenly flight and glory light out of your own sight into the vision of Jesus. Notice that vision was the key to all resurrection. Purchase from me, I said. Revelation chapter 3. You guys realize the Revelation chapter 3 church had miracles, signs, wonders, healings, and revival, mm -hmm. and the glory and the presence and all the giftings of the Spirit. Jesus Christ said, the wretched, poor, pitiful, blind, and naked. Most of you don't even have all the things of the Revelation chapter 3 church. <laughs> it's true. It's not to beat you up. It's true. Which means that you can skip all that stuff, it'll be added unto you later, and just go straight after Isaph. Yeah. You can just skip all the hard lessons of being a perfect, earthly, glory stream church, and have Jesus show up saying, you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> but, mm. but we have miracles, signs and wonders, all the big wigs from Jerusalem, the apostles, itinerant ministry through our churches, Jesus. Jesus, you're wrong. Your judgments are wrong. Listen, his judgments are always right. We are always wrong. If we can get on this side of his judgments and receive them, we can continue growing into the heavenly wisdom. And the heavenly wisdom is a killing of an animal mindset. Proverbs chapter 9. What is the mixed wine? The manifest glory of God. How do you get it? Killing beasts. What does that mean? Learning how to be priests. You guys know how many beasts you're dealing with? All of them. The Bible tells you that. All of them. Revelation chapter 9, I heard their number. All demonic beasts of the field, birds of the air, birds, beasts, reptiles, rep Romans chapter 1, you are dealing with all of them sometime. Oh. And all the time. That's why it says put on the full armor of God and not the partial armor of God. Why? Oh. What's partial? Partially living for self, me, myself, and I, with specks and planks in our eye, pretending like we have vision when we're blind as a bat. Mm. And we're blinder than bats because we don't have sonar. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're hearing, we're hearing from the serpent wisdom, which is worldly wisdom. And when we hear from serpents, which is everything you deal with in demonic influence of lies, 
which you're buried in Babylon the mm. Great until you're raised from the dead by the spirit of truth that resurrects you by constantly mm. forsaking false wisdom mm -hmm. that allows animals to live, animal images to a true priesthood that kills beasts so that you have a wisdom that lifts you up. Every day you be lifted up. The word for that is edified. Edify one another. You say, oh, encouragement, be nice to the animal. Anti-fellowship. Mm -hmm. Anti-fellowship is allowing your neighbor's animals to live. Am I my brother's keeper? And instead of killing the animal, he killed the person. Why? Because he was a terrible priest and became a son of Satan and an antichrist. Cain, whose generations you still deal with today, which is religious, self-righteous people, and oftentimes that seed line is mixed in our souls and flesh after we're born again. You deal with pride, you deal with Cain. Cain is a principality of pride. Cain is the principality of religion, still bringing sacrifices, still talking about God, still claiming to be a son of God, right? That's what happens in Genesis. Mm -hmm. They're talking to God. They're bringing sacrifices to God. We're into God. No, I mean, Cain was into God, wasn't he? Cain talked with God and said, God, help me and protect me. God said, okay, I'll protect you. I'll put a mark in your forehead. It's the mark of the beast. It's the mark of Cain. It's the mark of the flesh sealed and protected so that the demon can only gradually kill you and not quickly kill you. So even Cain's seed line lived 500 years in the Old Testament. Cain had his own personal relationship with God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what earthly Christianity is? Cain Christianity. True than you. Cain Christianity is serving the animal forehead Serving the human being in the forehead, the self-intelligence, the self-will, the self-Christianity, your own brain, instead of the brain of Jesus that is practically unknown in Christianity today. But the Lord God Almighty said to me today, stick with Rabboni Jesus until you recognize the potential of godliness in your spirit. The reason why a lot of people are lost and confused is because they don't know the potential of godliness in their spirit. I see all these people that are going astray through discouragement. You don't hear from them ever again. Why? Because they thought godliness was for their flesh or for their soul. Mm -hmm. Completely confused about what Christian growth actually is. Godliness is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Why? Because God is forming your spirit to be exactly like him in intelligence and angelic ability. And if you apply it to the flesh, you get discouraged because God is not fathering your flesh. He's father of spirits and spirit fathers soul and soul fathers flesh. So we're locked in to the earthly grave nature and we just say, oh, God's not taking care of that nature. So I have to take care of myself. God will take care of your spirit. And if your spirit resurrects, your spirit will take care of your soul and your flesh perfectly far beyond anything you could expect imagine or pray for by the dunamis power working in you it is written then all god's promises are yes and amen to you why because you're bearing the father's image which means you have the father's ability flowing through you like what rivers like rivers resurrection rivers god's desire for you is to flow through you like rivers of glory. What's God's plan for each one of your lives? To flow through you like rivers 
Why rivers? Because you're a multi-dimensional being that has seven interior <laughs> castles. And each dimension of each, each interior castle has many rooms and many doors and many windows, requires many streams and many branches, many leaves, much fruitfulness in the whole kingdom of heaven. And all of its fruitfulness can fit in you because you are the temple of part of God. All of God! That's what the Bible says. You're a temple of all of yad heh vav -Heh, the only living God in the Son, Jesus Christ. That means there should be some hot, fresh bread in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, Delicious. steaming. Steaming hot pub loaves constantly. Who's running this place? <laughs> Who's running this temple? I'm going to talk to the priest now. <laughs> Where's that bread? <laughs> That's what the you know what mismanagement is? When the flesh, the carnal mind, is running the temple. <laughs> when man's ideas get in the way of Jesus Christ, like Peter, that Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You have not the things of God in mind, but of Satan. No, that's not what he said. Man, of a human being. You have human thoughts. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, your Lord and Savior, said to Peter, your human thoughts are Satan. That's right, because if, if it's earthly, it's human, it's demonic, it's written. Did this come from God or did this come from man, right? Things of the earthly. John's baptism, they picked um, up rocks. Spiritual, earthly, and demonic. So that means we shouldn't be having earthly thoughts. We shouldn't be having human thoughts. Isn't that interesting? We shouldn't be having human thoughts. What kind of thoughts should we be having? Mm -hmm. There's only two kinds of thoughts to have. It's either human, did it come from human, man, or did it come from God? So if those thoughts you're currently having didn't come from God, it's time to repent again. <laughs> We're going to have a better thought life. We're going to have a better thought life. That's what he's training us in. You know, your thought life is the manifestations of seed in your spirit. So the Word of God judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart, not just to beat you up because you're all sinners. Because God's a farmer developing certain thoughts of his thoughts. Think about things above. God's thoughts are the seeds of the Word of God planted in your spirit. So you know the Word of God is taking root to grow the tree of life in you all the way up into the heavenlies. If your thought life is getting transfigured, oh, yes. you don't think the same way you used to. You don't have poverty mindsets, lack mindsets, fear. You don't have fear. If you can't fear anymore, it's an evidence that God's seed is sprouting in you and being fruitful. Mm. Fear is the fruit of the flesh. It has to be all pruned off you. You've heard of circumcision of heart? God the Father will prune your whole tree every day if you let him. For more spiritual fruit. Aren't you glad it's the fruit of the spirit and not the fruit of the soul? If it was the fruit of the soul, we'd be in the Garden of Eden right now. You know that? Because that's mainly what we've had in Christianity is soulish fruit. What's the soul? Mind, will, and emotions. Heart, brain, and bones. Soulish fruit is witchcraft. It's the human being trying to be God through practicing the New Testament. It's self-effort, it's strange fire, it's dead works, it's religion. You can have all the gifts of the Spirit. You can have miracle signs and wonders. You can kumbaya in Shekinah, and Shekinah is separate from God. You know that? If you read the Bible, Shekinah is separate from God. It's not just God is, oh, he's perfect, I'm perfect because I can feel the presence of his glory. 
It's a refiner's fire, the Bible says. Just because Moses encountered the fire of God called the Shekinah that was burning in the bush, it, was, it started 40 years of work of burning him up. First thing the Not Shekinah said. Not a six-week program? <laughs> 40 years, guys. Not Exodus. Training. Training. Not a three-year glory school? What was the first thing the Shekinah said to Moses? Take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. After he approached the Shekinah, became teachable, entered like a child, he lost his old walk. What was his old walk? In the world of the Cushite. He was kingship. done. He was done. And he stepped into kingship. What was the kingship? Listening to the voice of Shekinah, changing all the other voices and influences in his heart and mind. But what did it look like externally? It looked like kingship was taken from him. Mm. It looks like he lost kingship because they basically elected him king of their people. I mean, he'd been in... He grew up in Pharaoh's... Like, as a son of Pharaoh, essentially. Like, you know, that's up there. Okay. Has to flee from there. Next best thing. Okay, he's a warlord who gets elected, basically, by popular vote to be king. He's got kingship. He's got a whole other gig. That's better than Egypt. He was married to the queen of the Cushites. If you Google it, how long was Moses king of Cush? 40 years. So there goes 40 years of kingship down the toilet. So it appears. <laughs> well, I guess where am I like? Now I'm in prison and they're just going to kill me here. And uh, just nothing. <laughs> Moses lived a lot of different lives. Yeah, it's fascinating. Did because it represents the apostolic, the leadership of the entire body of Christ, and all of you deal with it continuously. He started out as a prince of Egypt, and he really learned all the ways of Egypt. It's written in Torah. I learned all the ways of Egypt. He learned all the ways of Janice Jambres. He was discipled in all Egyptian sorcery. True, Zenia? And what was the fruit of that when he got a convicted conscience? He murdered the taskmaster. So when he got convicted mm -hmm. that things were wrong, the fruit of the witchcraft training or the religious training or the training under Balaam's sons, who mm -hmm. are Jannes and Jambres, and Balaam was the son of Beor and Beor was the son of Laban that incarcerated mm -hmm. our father Jacob for 20 years until he came out. When? When Was it when Benjamin was born? No, Benjamin was born in the promised land. They began to move out of Laban, of Aramea, into oh, the promised about... land when Joseph was born. Yeah, when That's Joseph, right. yeah. yeah. When, uh, and then Benjamin was born in the promised land. When Jacob was like, all right, Rachel's pregnant, time to go. <laughs> it's about time to, the Shekinah's going to hit, and we're about to get blessed, and I'm not about to let Laban steal the cosmic blessing because he was already stealing the earthly blessing. So they were setting up for that 12 portal, uh, that completion of those portals. Why did she coming. take all of uh, her father's images? So that he wouldn't use sorcery against them. <laughs> That's why she sat on the idols. Jesus Pages says that Laban's images were animated. That they had so sacrificed to these idols until the idols spoke and were animated, that there was literally they would tell them demon gods inside the idols. That's why they were so valuable, because they had been mm. worked into a place of being animated as idols. 
pretty well, crazy, holiday. huh? Just like when you get an addiction and it speaks to you to do it again. Come on now. Oh, oh let's make it personal. Oh, oh, oh. It's animated because of your activity and action around it. It's speaking to you. Idols have voices. They're called demon spirits. And we're going to get completely delivered and rise from the dead. What is resurrection from the realm of the dead? No mm -hmm. idols. No other voices. Truth in you. My sheep hear my voice and they obey me and they won't follow another. Mm. We've been doing this a long time, y'all, with hundreds of thousands of souls. I have yet to find a Christian that is still not hearing other voices. And we progressively repent of listening to them and get closer and closer to our Good Shepherd. It's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's Usually good. people manifest demons when you expose their voices in their life. You notice that? People get offended when you reveal the voices of their idols as demons. Usually really weak, low-level, low-ranking demons like rat spirits and stuff like that. They're called beast images and beast voices and beast spirits, which means they're stuff that crawl on the ground. The high-ranking stuff that has wings is up in the heavenlies. Yeah. The very low-ranking stuff that animates people's images or their strongholds and their addictions, mm -hmm. those are all low-ranking beast spirits. You gotta learn how to sacrifice them because if you're not willing to sacrifice a mouse... Those are the animals we kill in the mm -hmm. New Covenant Priesthood. Yeah, if, uh, if you're not willing to sacrifice a mouse, you're not going to be likely willing to sacrifice a winged serpent dragon because it'll be the coolest thing you've ever had and you just you can't that's why you can't hold on to images forms external things this is what it looks like this is what it sounds like this is my image this is my identity as you go up you have to constantly be willing to let go of those things that kind of pass through the soul you learn something for a season the next season it, you know you deal with the next thing and so you go up and when you start getting into the cosmic stuff, that's where you'll find more of the temptations to take on, you know, oh, I could just settle for this amount of star power or favor or, you know, this image or this power, you know, there's all kinds of things that at any point along the way, if you stop following Christ, you probably just get into sorcery and that's not True. a point of righteousness. And so you understand you have to understand the the lower level earthly things that most people struggle with and idolatry and just like the basic things that most Christians don't typically overcome in their lifetime. Uh, those are very small temptations compared to the cosmic ones. But by the time you get in the cosmos, if you really care about the Lord, it does get easier because you care less about that stuff and you care more about him. Your eyes are in him. You realize he's more valuable than anything else? Here's the truth saying you can write in all your hearts. The smaller your cross, the more dazzling the demon. That's good. Okay? Yeah. All demons come as light. Okay? That's what lies are. Lies, lies come as something that's true to improve you, enhance you, bless you, be good to you. All these temptations that will try to seize you. The cross is your protection towards the animal's mm -hmm. voice, okay? They all come as birds, beasts, and reptiles. Romans 1, it is written. Which means if you have a big cross, it just comes to the altar 
or comes to the place to be killed. And they will come. You will. They are foolish spirits. These spirits have had their wisdom forever confused. It is written, Ezekiel 28. Meaning, they relentlessly will come to you, even if you have a humongous cross that's going to destroy them into the lake of fire for eternity. Because they think they can get you. They think they're smarter than God. That's what pride is. Pride is thinking, thinking in your heart that you're smarter than God. You'd be surprised. Everyone deals with it. Now, the cross knows I'm not smarter than God because I'm crucified with Christ. Christ has become my intelligence. So there's wisdom in us, which is we're crucified partially. So the measure of the cross has grown in your heart and in your brain and in your body, crucifying the evil impulses of the flesh and all the temptations of the evil one, the greater your ability to recognize animals tempting you. So when you have a smaller cross, any demon can come, a rat spirit can come, and you won't, your cross is so small, it'll just speak to you and be like, and you just entertain it and listen to it, and people do that commonly. But then you taste the fruits of your life and the influence of that spirit and be like, man, that's terrible. That's death. And you spit it out of your mouth as a dog returns to its vomit. Well, you ended up spitting out. A righteous man falls mm-hmm. seven times back into vomit. And he's like, no more vomit. I'm going up mm-hmm. and I'm going to learn righteousness through crucifixion of my heart. Mm-hmm. Now when the animal comes to speak to me, it dies and I flies. It dies, I flies higher into the skies without the disguise of religion amen amen so wisdom has a discernment of spirits it's not just something that rests on your brain that a prophet can impart by the laying on of hands Mm -hmm. it is the literal throne of the lamb which is the cross of his blood working its crucifying power towards spirits that are the animal sacrifices of your priesthood in the New Covenant. Mm-hmm. The number one problem in Christianity, and why we are mostly still in Laodicea and not raptured in Revelation 4.1, is because we have not learned how to kill beast spirits and bird spirits, or reptilian spirits, ancient red dragon spirits. I mean, they're everywhere in the Bible. But do you know how to effectively slaughter them as animal sacrifices through an altar burning in your heart? Mm-hmm. You will. That's called Christian training. Everything else is just religion, a waste of time. It's the knowledge of good and evil in your brain. And I'm just a good one. I don't look at pornography. I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink too much coffee. And I watch my sugar intake. I don't raise my voice at my spouse. And I'm gentle and kind and provide for my children and we're good people how many all know that's humanism you don't need jesus for that you have the old testament to be good people what you need jesus for is to deal with your spirit part of you the eternal part of you and the eternal part of the fallen angel race out here into the eternal lake of fire through a priesthood that kills animals that's what shifts civilization That's what changes and shifts invisible atmospheres that create visible atmospheres. Whoever rules that invisible world, and this is why demons are so afraid of real priests, will rule the natural realm. But if the natural realm is controlled by demons, those conquering the spirit world through Jesus Christ's cross will be the enemies of a lukewarm people as you see in America right now. So... 
What does the Bible say? Jesus Christ, red letters. Your enemies will be the members of your own household, meaning Christians. Isn't that the truth anyhow? Okay. Have you read the Final Quest series? Who were all the hordes of hell are marching? First chapter. The hordes of hell are marching. Who were the hordes of hell people? You know it's true. Every single one of them, a born-again Christian, with a demon on their head that they thought was the Holy Ghost. Why hadn't they killed the demon on their head? Rick Joyner is in the vision, and he's, why aren't they attacking the demons? Because they think those animal spirits on their heads are the white dove. They don't know the difference between a rat spirit and a rad spirit. They don't know the difference between life and death in the spirit. Well, why? Because they're carnal Christians. They're lukewarm Christians. They just go by the feeling of the urine, and this is what's in there, by the piss of the spirit on their head that they thought was the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And every single person comes out of the feces and the urine of animal spirits as they rise from the dead. That's why it's called clean and unclean. You had it in the Old Testament through the law of Moses. What's it in the New Testament through Jesus Christ? Your inner man learning how to release rivers. Are you always clean? You know, you wake up often defiled because sleeping is the type of death. You know this? That's why his mercies are new every morning from where the mercy seat, which is where Christ in you, where the river flows from. Why? So you can wash the night of death off of you each morning to resurrect into higher life, which is living water. What's living water? Just to cleanse you and wash you? No, it's the Torah of the Lamb. You better get used to this Jewish stuff because it's the promised land in the book of Revelation. I'm a Jew. <laughs> you're a Jew. We're yeah. all Jews. Doesn't mean you're getting into legalism or religion, any Judaism. It means you're getting into Messiah and the promises fulfilled to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through Jesus Christ. <laughs> a lot of people just get into the Jewish stuff and get become just they huge, get weird, yeah. raging heretics. But... If you get into the Holy Ghost and he builds up the inner man into the heights of wisdom to begin to understand righteousness mm. at an angelic level, now you're getting into the Israel of the cosmic realm of the heavenly Jerusalem. Righteousness. Are you guys subscribed to our emailer of righteousness? I definitely recommend. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago uh, we sent out an emailer of righteousness. And that also included instructions uh, from our good friend and prophet Shadrach in Nairobi, Kenya. And in that email of righteousness, which if you're already subscribed and you already watched the video, you already know this. But in case you missed it, there is details, a detailed instruction in that video on how to get angels to ascend and descend in your room at night. And it's a specific thing that you do in the natural realm. When I watched this, I actually... Realize it's something I already do, but I did it instinctually. But it, it's a teaching. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so valuable. I hope people are like subscribed to this because that's really a practical help because you can, you know, wake up and there's, it's really high chance for defilement, but there are things that you can do in your natural realm uh, to make way for angels to ascend and descend. So basically you're going to get getting more angelic help. And also there are ways that you can make good use of your time sleeping so you're not just like going to bed and dying and just you're blacked out like you can be awake while you're asleep you uh, can, you can participate while you're sleeping you participate in activities you talk to the lord you talk to angels you have 
interactive dreams with all lessons in them. And so by the time you wake up, you've got a whole lesson that that first part of your morning wake up is studying what you just learned while you slept. So instead of just like, oh man, what just happened? And that'll happen sometimes, but as you uh, learn these things, you can just start practically doing them every day. And by putting into practice those things that we teach, those things that are in the email of righteousness, what you watch on Joel's bar, now you can be an active participant during the night in righteousness and continue your training, your studying, uh, your learning, your revelating. So when you wake up, you're like, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do now because we, we got a lot to talk about, Lord. <laughs> like we saw this, what does this mean? You look it up in the scriptures, you write it down, you talk to the Lord, and, and it's a whole, it, it can set the course for your whole day. Uh, and then also sometimes he will allow you to see things from the enemy for a purpose. I got that from John Paul Jackson. You'll see things from the enemy so that you can cancel them or you can let your prayer warrior friends know, oh, hey, this is what the enemy is trying to do. This is their plan. I just saw their plans last night. So you cancel it. You pray. What you don't do is you don't just freak out about it and like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. Because like there's a reason God lets you see things. Do something about it. Take it to the Lord. Take to the Lord in prayer. Every morning you wake up, you say, he's not dead, he's just sleeping. Right. And then unbind him. Yeah, he's just sleeping. And uh, <laughs> so you can learn to be more awake while you're asleep. And that, that's the most fun. Because then you get excited to go to bed. You're like, all right, what are we going to do tonight? Oh, I hope it's a good one. You know, it's going to... Hopefully it's not too much of a severe rebuke one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The only time sleep is not equated with death in scripture is when you go into spiritual dreams and trances and raptures. And then in Psalms, he lies down in sweet sleep, which is the spiritual communion with Christ in your inner man, ascending to God while you're sleeping. Amen. So that'll be the difference. So uh, that'll be the difference. So change your routine a little bit so that instead of just waking up like, oh my God, what happened to me? It's like, oh, right, well, this is what we have to talk about. This is what the Lord's saying, and it's honestly, it's a great chance to hear from the Lord more clearly if any of your senses are blocked up, because at night it's going to be so much more clear, and instead of just waking up with whatever crap that we're dealing with, so, you know, I would take um, all, the, all the advice that Shadrach put in his video in that email from a few weeks ago. Uh, I would do all those things in the natural realm physically. It's like putting out a salt lick for deer. It, literally. How do you get angels in your room while you're sleeping? He knows. He knows what he's doing. This stuff works. I already was doing it. I was like, yes, that's why I do this. Yes. Okay. So glad this is an email. So glad everyone treasure. I know you treasure the email. I know you like every Sunday like, oh, I can tell by the 15% open rate that Riff stream. <laughs> People don't know what's in there. Anyway, well, you have to understand rate. we're not just we don't just send emails that's that we don't just do anything literally the Lord will highlight like two to three specific things that he wants to review and it's picked by the Holy Spirit so he does that uh, you know you got to believe that your your rabbi it's for a reason yes yeah. so, constantly trying to oh, teach your so spirit good. to grow in the things of God. A lot yeah. of people are just listening to the enemy, so it's, none of it's really that important. But I'm man, stuck in my soul. I would definitely, I would definitely take his advice on all that stuff that was in the email and what to do because it's so great. Even when you get into bed now, I can see that here's the angels. We're all here. I'm here. You're here. The presence of the Lord is here. And sometimes you can watch like the glowing stuff starts coming out of my hands. Boom! The Shekinah is like. Phew. 
around like the sparkles everywhere like crazy i'm like whoa there's a lot of glory in here that i can physically see with my eyeballs right now uh like wh what are we doing tonight you may or may not remember everything depending on what god's doing with with you but when you get into that routine you're going to start remembering most of the stuff you guys talk about at night so highly encourage you well the things of the heavenly jerusalem you're gonna love it. and the higher things of the holy spirit will only be important to a person to the measure their soul <laughs> is separated from the world if the soul is interwoven which is called married to the world the things of the spirit the priorities the urgencies of the holy ghost and the angels remember the angels are called by jesus christ the glory of the holy spirit what are the angels jesus christ said the angels were the glories of the Holy Spirit. We've said that many times at Joel's Bar. You can Google mm. it. Okay? So, what is the priority of the angelic council in the heavenlies? If that's not your priority, you are completely lost. Don't water it down. You're mm. lost. Which means the whole point of the kingdom of heaven is making the priorities of the glory... Of the Holy Spirit, your priorities. Mm -hmm. This is how you have on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. Now, most Christians, this is, most Christians are so earthly, even in their charismatic stuff, you say things like that, and they just don't even know how to tap into it. You know it's true. If it's the priority of the angels, of the great I am, mm -hmm. it should be your priority. Why is it not? It's absolutely not. People are more interested in prophecies to enhance their soul nature than getting involved in what the angels are already doing right now. Which means mm -hmm. repentance is not popular in the USA. True mm -hmm. repentance is rising to what and where the angels are and participating with the glory mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Right, we want the glory of the Holy Spirit to come down to us in our earth situation. Not going to happen. You rapture. You rise to him by killing beasts and learning wisdom. Then you participate with the angels. That's how you grow your angels around you. Because you're doing the will and the glory of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And what's really going to help is continuously overcoming that Gnosticism, that Gnostic uh, thought pattern that says, oh, natural realm, demonic, invisible realm, good. I just... Like I would tell you, I was at the I was at the gym today with some uh, some friends, and literally I was holding a water bottle. Like I I saw I was you know rooting on this girl to keep going with her her reps, and you could say if you were like if you were a carnal minded God outside minded bewitched Pharisee of a Christian or called Christian, you'd be like, well I wouldn't be at the gym wearing leggings, <laughs> God forbid, working out, you know, with people. Uh, you know, how is their doctrine before you, you know, Adam work out Eve's with someone? Adam skin was stars. Okay. Get a life. I was so excited because today I was like, man, God loves the natural dimension. And he loves the people. He loves the people so much. He wants us to transform the natural dimension. So this girl, she's just giving it her all. And I know she's got kind of a soft spot for Jesus, you know. But um, she's just just dying on the workouts over there. We're just dying. We're just dying. <laughs> and just like going to like complete and beyond utter failure, like pushing yourself, you know. And I watched, I was like, man, she's really going. So I start praying for her. Not like, let me come pray for you. Like, but like shooting, I looked down as I felt the desire of the Holy Spirit to help her. 
I saw light physically coming out of my hands, out of my fingertips that I had pointed toward her. Because I know the stream's coming out. You don't have to see it for it to be happening. But I looked down and there's light beams coming out of my hands. <laughs> and sure enough, she just pressed through those last rows. I was like, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit definitely, like, totally carried them through those last ones. It was, it was so nice. Oh, it was such a refreshing time. Dying in the gym. Highly recommend it. It is some I think of the some Bible benefit. might be true that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Holy who, Spirit. Who's actually yeah. in you? What happens when your brain is so renewed you can see the Holy Spirit coming through you normally? It's so uh -huh. nice. Oh, yeah. My favorite part is that when I see it, it's nice that you can shoot it at your food and it makes you laugh sometimes. Like, you know, how do you pray for food? <laughs> the first evidence that a person is awakening to the glory of the Holy Spirit is joy. <laughs> happiness. Yeah, happiness. It makes people happy. It, you shoot them with the light and it makes them like, happy. Man, I'm coming alive here. You feel good. And it, it's just, it's amazing because the Gnostic and religious demons would have you say, you know, oh, don't go into the natural realm. Don't be with people. Just isolate yourself in a little place and just meditate and, and rapture. And that's all great stuff. But what did you come to earth to do? Like some people, they were literally born on this earth to become an engineer. Like if you are born or your child is born to be an engineer or advanced technology in the earth dimension for the purposes of God, literally, you're gonna need to go to school and you're gonna learn. You're gonna use your brain, yes, your brain, subject to the spirit, and you're gonna need to learn knowledge and study hard, pass tests and give it your all. And then you get the job, like you do the right things. You follow the Holy Spirit and let him lead you to that job that he wants you in. And then you learn righteousness and you go do righteousness in your area of expertise and change the industry or you change the workplace. You'll have all kinds of opportunities. And it's not just that one thing. It's whatever gift that God has placed in you that he wants you to do. Maybe he wants you to make a change in your industry in the way something is done there's always a better way to do something and he's going to give you words of innovation innovative revelations for the natural dimension uh, to do your job better or more efficiently more practically and at the same time he's going to give you opportunities to interact with people and as that light transforms them by divine appointments that god has prepared ahead of time for you to do and you're walking in it, not in just like some Gnostic religious fantasy world, not ignoring the spiritual world, but learning how to walk in both realms, learning how to walk in both realms proficiently to where you're going to those divine appointments. You're meeting with those people or those right clients and you're, you're turning down those opportunities that you don't need to go to. And so it just, it starts to become so clear, but you've got to leave the religion and the paranoia and the fear and oh natural realm is bad it's all just gonna burn no god wants to transform the natural realm and he just wants people to just he wants to shake the dust of religion off and just you know lighten up a little bit don't be so <laughs> so hard and serious on yourself and on others you want to learn to walk in righteousness and learn to walk in your destiny and that destiny is often going to be tied to a skill, whether it's a talent or a learned ability of some kind that goes. <laughs> those are the angels assigned to you. Those angels are Woo! assigned to you. 
Ooh. God's a spirit. You're going to move in it. He created the natural realm in six days and then rested in the spirit over the natural realm, Genesis 1. Okay? Yes. So every time he created the natural realm, he said, it is good. When he created man, he said, it's very good. Then he went into seven days, eternal Sabbath days rest, which is he rested in himself over his creation. And he's been there ever since. Yeah. Okay? Now, we need to understand dominion over mm-hmm. creation. You every step of the way, you divide the demon, the sin, the wickedness out of creation. For creation longs for the manifest sons of God to be liberated from sin and death, it is written, which means there's a priesthood of cleansing the elements. The melting of the elements of creation, Peter says, which is the healing of the new heavens and the healing of the new earth. So they go back into their original state of God saying, it is good. What is goodness? Your glory is your goodness. So it goes back into a glorified state when you can remove Satan and his angels and the sinful behavior that the demons tempt you in from the earth and all realms of the earth and from the heavens and all realms of the heavens. And you get it back into serving God. That's what our job is. So, Romans chapter 8, check this out. You know it is written, the brain controlled by the Spirit is at peace with God. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it says. The brain controlled by the Spirit is at peace with God. What's the peace of God? The the realm he dwells in, which is what? Garden of Eden, the glory realm. So the brain that's controlled by the Holy Spirit lives in the glory realm. Mm -hmm. Don't hate your brain. I used to do this. I made this mistake really early on getting into the glory. I would literally get angry at my own brain and yell at it, basically. Like, like just, like, scourging my brain to the point of, like, it's about, it's going to give up, you know? I, I just, like, hating a part of myself. And that's not, that is absolutely not, like, that holistic view of God inside-minded taking over the soul and the spirit and the flesh. Like, I had, so I, God corrected me on that because it was just, like, it was driving me crazy. Just attacking my brain and hate. I was like learning to hate my own mind and my own brain and wonder like why I can't just kick this thing to the curb, you know. Rick Joyner says you're transfigured by the renewing renewing of the mind, not the removing of the mind. That's so good. And so I switched gears when the Lord corrected me on that. He's like, what are you doing attacking yourself? What are you you doing attacking yourself? You know, I gave you a brain for a reason. And so I just, I apologized to myself. This is so weird but i remember gnostics will actually <laughs> teach you to be brain dead Literally. and then just rely on your spirit but your spirit is only magnified no in your brain mary sung yep. luke chapter 2 my soul magnifies what soul my brain magnifies the holy spirit who is mm-hmm. the lord so if you're brain dead and you're not renewing your mind there's no magnification of god in your life right so i apologized to myself and to my own brain i said you know what i'm sorry i just didn't understand and uh, you know, I, I spoke to my own mind, and I said, I'm sorry, and I said, you know what, to my, my brain, you're going to be great. You're going to be a great servant. You're going to do a great job receiving the glory, transmitting the glory, magnifying the glory. It's just, you Luke can't one. be in control. You're not allowed to be in charge, but you're going to be a great servant of the Holy Spirit. And from that day on, that whole, whatever that was, it was gone. And I was just like, oh, thank goodness. Holy Ghost, be fighting my own carnal mind. glory. Very good. Holy you need, you need the Holy glory. Ghost carnal glory. Yeah. For real. <laughs> the you're carnal not glory. Religious demons eating people up in yeah. the church. 
The Magnificat of Luke 1. I don't know if that's Spanish or what's going on here. but Luke 1, 46. And Mary said, mm. My soul magnifies and exalts the Lord. Mm. Amen? Amen? My soul magnifies and exalts the Spirit of God. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has looked with loving care on the humble state of his maidservant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. And happy and favored by God. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. To be worshipped in his purity majesty and glory and his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who stand in great awe of god and fear him from generation to generation he has done mighty deeds with his powerful arm he has scattered those who are proud in their thoughts of their heart oh, yes glory he has brought down rulers from their thrones and exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, just as he promised to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's perfect for Mother's Day. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Mary's son. Mary's son. Soul magnifies the Lord. Soul magnifies the Lord, birthing the divine nature. What's your Mary's thoughts. testimony? My brain magnified the spirit of glory. Amen. 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 What's the result of that? Raising Jesus, what did she say? When she didn't understand a thing, she treasured it in her heart. Jesus never sinned. So she had such a, a grace upon her brain to treasure things. She wasn't always right. But if you read the Bible, she only missed it like once in recorded scripture. Yeah. Only one time Jesus said, Who is my mother? Whoever does the will of God. She missed it there. She was in sin there. But the rest of the time, look at Cana and Galilee. Led Jesus in his ministry and told him when to start his ministry for he had not yet started ministry but his mom instigated the starting of the messianic mm. ministry that is wild mm. your thoughts did they come from god or did they come from man that's the kind of brain you want brains that can lead god in his actions Woo! that's exactly what mary did to jesus at the wedding at cana and galilee and then she said what do whatever he says do whatever he tells you to do. <laughs> Where do you get that confidence? They didn't even have the Holy Spirit. She had a renewed mind. That's Mary's son. She had a soul that magnified the Holy Spirit. She was overshadowed by the cloud, and she became pregnant with the Messiah. Overshadowed by the cloud, and you receive the deposit the seed, that anointing of the Holy Spirit at salvation. Oh, you received the God sperm genetics, the divine DNA, 
and that new part of you, that new creation, which even though it starts out like a seed of faith and it grows, if you continue to value the unseen over the seen, that's when things are going to change. They're going to start to change in your mind. First, you make a choice to believe the truth, not having seen. Blessed are you for you haven't seen and yet you believed. And then you start to reap the benefits of, even though I couldn't see it, I believed on faith and the measure that God gave me in that grace. And I was faithful with that measure. And I believed and I acted on it and I started to value the invisible. How did we value it? By tithing, by listening to the word of God, and by making decisions based off of that God's sperm genetics, that divine seed of the Holy Ghost inside my own spirit. So when confronted with choices, we learn to choose to follow him. And as we keep growing our spirit, because we value it, it gets easier and easier to value that part of you because it grows and overtakes the rest of you. In the beginning, it might seem more difficult, but it's nothing that you can't handle because the word of God says that he'll never allow any of those tests or trials to be more than what you can handle. So you're guaranteed going to be able to handle it. Guaranteed. That means you're guaranteed going to be able to handle it. Second of all, in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, you're guaranteed to be shown away out of temptation every time it comes. So it's guaranteed to be something you can handle. And he's guaranteed to give you a way out every time. Hello, the odds are stacked in your favor. You want any more than that? You want any more than that? That would be cheating. <laughs> there wouldn't even be a point in coming to earth and being tested, you know? How do I use that guarantee? Exercise your faith. Yes. Just believe what God said, because if you don't believe what God said, you're actually calling him a liar, and it's actually a sin to call God a liar. And so then the demons use that against you. So you, what I would do, what I would always do is I would just go to God and apologize for calling him a liar whenever I didn't believe his truth. I am sorry, I apologize for calling you a liar when I didn't believe that. When I didn't believe your truth, I was calling you a liar. When I didn't believe your word, your scripture. And so, you know, I apologized to him and asked for grace. And so then he would cover it, forgive it, and then you just go on to the next thing. Don't make a whole big old ordeal and don't... You know, if God is... Can you be so open to hearing God that if God looked at you and said, you want to know the truth, you're a melodramatic psychopath. <laughs> Could you hear that from God? You know what? Or you're acting this way. God would never speak to me like that. He loves me. Your right. God's a demon spirit that doesn't discipline you. What type of God do we serve? How open can you possibly be to hear the exact truth from God? What kind of people group are these random, weird, crazy people that even though they've got problems, the sons of God manifesting got problems. But what sets them apart is that they're honest with God. They don't pretend to hide things. And when they do, he draws it. It's like, there's no pretense. There's no pretending. It's just live with your heart on your sleeve to walk with Christ. Or just be aware that if it's in there, out there, whatever, like he already knows. You can't hide it. The only thing you're hiding from is a truth from yourself or just being delusional. All the angels are already around you. They hear your thoughts. They know what you're doing. Everyone, like you're surrounded by witnesses. Uh, I mean, you're just acting a fool, acting an idiot like that in front of everybody. It's, there is no, oh, I was alone in sin, like no one can see me. Like, Sounds like it's time for the threshold. Completely delusional, yeah. Again, often every harvest season, which means every degree, glory to glory. So just get comfortable with the idea that at all times you're completely surrounded 
with the, the the angels, the presence of God. God, he can see you. He knows your thoughts. I mean, even Metatron in heaven knows what you're going to think before you even think it. Understand your thought life is God. a projection of the spiritual yeah. dimension you're currently living in. Prophets and apostles sometimes and it, tap and into that. And it can be upgraded by putting God's word in your spirit. Judging thoughts and intentions is what changes thoughts and intentions, <laughs> which is going into different yep. worlds. His judgments are good. So don't be overly embarrassed by it. Just say, all right, your judgments are good. Don't freak out. Remember, correction is not rejection. Say, I receive the correction. Help me to give me the grace to receive the correction. I'm willing to change. Help me to change. Because if you get into that stubbornness, what's that clay in the pot? Oh, clay in the potter's hand. Well, what's the verse say about the clay in the potter's hand? He has an idea in mind what he, what he wants to make. But when it's stubborn and it refuses to mold, he'll change his mind and make something else. Guess what? It's not going to be as good as what he originally wanted to do. So don't be stubborn. Stop resisting. This is how I deal with it because we all have... Stubbornness is common to everyone. It's not like, oh, I'm just not stubborn and you're stubborn and he's stubborn and you're not stubborn. It's, it's not like that at all. You just deal with it. That's a good word. This is, what I, this is how I deal with it in myself. I'll talk to God because he'll give me... He's like, he'll tell me, okay, like, if you don't change this, like, ASAP, it's going to affect how your destiny plays out. And it's going to change like what we can do with you and just being very honest with me and i'll say okay like i know i'm having trouble with this i just it's this is so hard for me to change the way i think and the way i feel when this input comes in when this input comes in i feel this or i feel offense or i feel hurt i i don't actually know how it's possible and all things are possible so i know it is but this is a really hard one for me. What can I do? I'm willing. What is it going to take? Whatever it takes, let's just do it. And I will literally get down on my knees. I'll get down on my face. And I will ask the Lord for grace and for mercy to be able to receive the grace to change. And I just humble myself before the Lord and just say, okay, whatever it takes. And then he'll give me some kind of a judgment. It might be um, mild to moderate in severity or very low in severity, whatever, depending on my, you know, where I'm at. High level severity. High level. <laughs> There's been some of those. <laughs> but the more you can humble yourself before the Lord and work together with him to mold into that shape, it's not going to, it doesn't take, you don't have to learn the hard way like everybody else. You don't have to go into the school of hard knocks. You can literally just let him, okay. The more you meet him where he wants you to go, it's just smoother. I heard that in your thoughts before you spoke it. That's cool. Oh, yes. Yeah. See, and I was just saying a moment ago, the prophets and apostles will walk in that sometimes. You can hear thoughts. You can see people's sins written in text over their head. You go, you just go in the spirit and you can see or you'll just know what sin they've done. Uh, and it's one of those things. It's like, oh, oh no, it's like, get used to it. The whole world's going to be like that eventually. That's what I'm saying. If I were you, I would get on that sanctification boat now before there's everybody walking around sons of god everywhere that already that can see your thoughts and hear them and see them and it's just out there right now it's fewer and i mean all the angels and, and god already do i don't want to be that last person on the boat after there's all these people going around that can see all your sins hear your thoughts and it's whatever you already are on the outside is forced to be on the outside because they can see it you can't hide it Still living wearing the grave clothes, which is the you don't old man's be, ability. I'm just saying and like, you can no faith for the new man's ability. I was just saying I wouldn't want to be the last person there. That would be so embarrassing. 
just like, you should do it for reasons for loving God. But on top of that, I just wouldn't want to be that person. I don't want you to be that person. So that's why we're speaking these things. You want to go, I would start now and just try to get through that sanctification process and, and work with God, work with your angels, work with the Holy Spirit. Don't freak out and rebel and run away and like, oh, That's no. kind of like, you know, being you know? Mary Magdalene at the tomb on the third day. You're there first. You read that and it's like, that's the best possible thing that a person could have ever done. And then you read about everyone else. They're out fishing and then their Thomas isn't even around. So it kind of just goes from the best of the best, the perfect, to just total complete failure. <laughs> and even the complete failure was granted repentance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's there's so much grace. When you understand his heart toward you, even the severe things, you understand, okay, this part of me is like, it's really stubborn, so it's going to take a little bit more of a judgment. And don't run from that. Don't hide from that. You understand after the judgment passes, the more you get to know his ways, that he sincerely did that for you because it's the best possible, even the least painful. It might be painful, but for your situation and case exactly where you're at, that was the least painful, most merciful way he could possibly get you to change so that you could be molded into that that shape that he's trying to make you in. Right? That clay in the potter's hand. Don't be stubborn, because if it's too stubborn, that's when it gets thrown out, right? It, it might be like a, a change a little bit for a slightly reduced use, use. And if it keeps being stubborn, it just gets worse. So we're in such a time that I would just be, I would be on my knees praying as much as possible when it comes to your alone time with God over those things. Like just whatever, if there's anything I'm stubborn, let I would go and ask him to be made into that original plan that he had in mind for you and to get all the other stuff out that's getting in the way of that that perfect plan that original plan yeah uh, because otherwise your final destiny is not it's it'll be like well it's nice it was good but it wasn't as good as it could have been what it was supposed to be and you'll be very painfully aware of that when either when jesus comes back or when you die and go to heaven it'll be so it's so painfully obvious then don't wait until then and have regrets you know like just deal with it now don't all this oh well about this forget all of that talk to god ask for it pray for it i'd get on my knees get on my face and pray for it the laodicean spirit interprets scripture wrongly for instance there is the good and the perfect and the acceptable will of god and we say, oh, I can just wing it and go oh, through so... life getting C's. Listen now. This is the doctrine of demons. I'm going to expose it. The good, the perfect, and the acceptable. And we think, oh, we can wing it with the acceptable. There's only one narrow path. Mm-hmm. It's not saying there's three paths. That's demonic. There's not three paths. It's measurements of fruitfulness on the one narrow path. Mm-hmm. There's only one way, Jesus Christ, I am the way. So there's a narrow path. The issue of acceptable is measurements of fruitfulness. Jesus Christ taught in measurement systems. He said 30-fold, acceptable. Mm-hmm. 60-fold, good. 100-fold, perfect. So it's not three paths. It's one path, it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you carrying your cross up Calvary is that path. Mm-hmm. So you can kill all the animals influencing you for only the Lamb of God to be the only animal influence. Mm-hmm. Of the thought life and the action life and the word life of your life. 
That's what being married to the lamb is. No other influences. Yeah. That's going to take complete crucifixion, which is what the Holy Spirit's trying to do with all of us. Holy thoughts. Holy thoughts are wonderful. Ask. You can ask for holy thoughts. You can ask for thoughts, you know. See if God, you know, ask God if he'll give you one of his thoughts or where you can attempt to have, a, you know, try to have a, a God thought. It's where um, I've asked him this a couple of times where I'll ask, you know, can I please think one of your thoughts or try, I want to try to see to the extent that is possible right now to think one of your thoughts and oh it'll stretch you it's they're, they're big they're deep they're rich they're full of revelation and you realize that you're not quite like you don't have the capacity to think all those thoughts yet but you're growing in your capacity to have bigger revelation right you're expanding those tent pegs your mind your spirit your emotions your whole being he's stretching you and cleansing and purifying you so that you can start to have more of those big thoughts those revelations it's there's an increase so when you're looking at divine revelation instead of oh one word one scripture one truth and that's beautiful you have to treasure those but it's like imagine like 40 years worth of revelation and teaching packed into it's like a picture form and then that's one little piece and then there's a couple words next to it and that's all bundled up in a sapphire stone with like hundreds of other words that come out of those letters and then there's multiple ones of those and like the the colors and the angels and the, the whole vision and and the thoughts and the feelings and the pictures of how it relates to earth and the heavens and the new earth and just living so heaven works they're big and it'll stretch your mind and you might think what did i just see and it changes you permanently you know how to put a it. jump drive in a computer mm-hmm. do you know how to put a living stone in your belly <laughs> yeah, final quest again great handbook for going into the spirit and foundational handbook for operating in the prophetic what? they go into caves and the cave is filled with gemstones believers oh. rewards gemstones and each gemstone was full of visions words teachings mm-hmm. realms wisdom understanding counsel mm-hmm. might knowledge fear of god angelic impartation improvements of all life and godliness into your spirit and you just take the gemstone which is all this wisdom of god and you just impart it into your spirit that's how we grow people we grow in the spirit through gemstones. And what was the one that he God saw? The blue one. With living stones, it is written. Didn't he see a blue one that had like the sun in it and a cloud or something? Yeah, the blue stone had the sun in it, which was a, a quintessential revelation for this generation. That's going to get into Psalms 19. What, what's Psalms 19? The bridegroom's chambers. You think the bridegroom's chambers on earth? Because we're the church of Laodicea. Bible says something different. The Bible says the bridegroom's chambers is in the S-U-N sun that God created on the fourth day in Genesis 1. And he said what? The sun's good. The sun's good. The sun is glory. We think, oh, just suntan. Why? Because we're not <laughs> thick and we're full of demons. We get into sun glory. We get standing on the sun in the bridegroom's chambers. And now light itself, Shekinah, is glorified through the human spirit, soul, and flesh. What does the Bible say in Revelation chapter 12? The overcomer is what? 
clothed in the S U N. Yep. That means she has star garments. Yep. And uh, you might ask, well, if the sun is good, why does it burn me this summer? You know, or why does it possibly burn me? How is it good? Am I just evil? Blah blah blah. I'll answer your question. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we won't leave it open ended like all the Shadrach, other torturous Nishak times. And yeah, the it, sun. Oh, good. Well, the creator came down and gave him an impartation of future ability. Or 5,000 degrees didn't harm them, did it? Yep. Zero, not even a, a, a rash on their skin. The sun will not smite me by day, it is written. So, here's the thing. We're not perfected yet. And, you know, there might not be an, an external visible fourth man walking around keeping us from getting a sunburn everywhere we go. In the future, In the fu it'll happen, though. So, that'll change also on top of that. On top of our imperfections currently, there's also the black sun in play right now. So, the black sun is still, um, it's still over the earth. And that's, that's the only influence of the sun that will harm you or do anything negative like that. And so, if you notice in different regions where there's a lot of believers the sun tends to appear a little bit differently and it's just it's more glorious and more people wonderful. are so paranoid and schizophrenic yeah. about sun moon and stars right now even yeah. though it's so clearly written in the bible yeah they think that that the sun of wickedness shall set with darkness in its dims well, you know what i mean it's probably because they're Malachi in the black chapter sun four in the necronomicon no, it's the sun of righteousness yeah. shall rise with healing in its beams. Mm -hmm. Really exposes the religious spirit. How do you remove the black sun's influence out of the earth permanently so we don't have to worry about sunburns anymore and other far worse things that it enacts in the earth? You go up sapphire stones and you conquer. You establish the highway of holiness by bringing up a company. Right, you're paving the way. You're going pioneering, clearing out the major enemies. And then the, the mid-ranks, they come up with the shields, lots of shields, swords, and teaching. The teaching to bridge the gap in between where we came from and where we're pioneering now. That's where you guys come in with the shields to help, you know, when the new people kind of come in and they have questions, they need a little bit of help to bridge that gap because we're, we're not going to, we don't have time to stop pioneering the forefront. We do that and we report back. Here's a good report. You know, this is what we learned. This is what we saw. This is what God said. This is what the angel said. This is the confrontation going at the climax of the ages right now. And so we're dealing with that and then teaching as we learn, right? We're teaching as we learn. But then you have all that gap between everyone down on the earth still in the sand, Christianity. And then we have other people who are like, okay, I'm just getting started on my cosmic journey. So there's that gap that needs bridge. And that's where you guys come in. You find your place. You find your way, which is what's your calling? What's your destiny? What's the job that God has you called into being and called into doing? And you do it in righteousness. So you're naturally going to be working in righteousness. And when the angels bring you a person, when the angels bring you guys a person that you can help to bridge that gap for them, you can shield them to so get more people on the way. We want to populate the heavens. We want souls in the kingdom because that's what God wants. The Father wants souls saved. You know you're around Pharisees if they're attacking Star Wisdom. Yep. Star Wisdom, where's that? Magi, wise men from the East that did what? Followed stars. The Bible says exactly in Scripture, <laughs> Star Wisdom. <laughs> Truth is, you're completely surrounded by Pharisees and demonic influence because the demon spirit does not want you to have the dominion from the stars 
an original design of Genesis 1. Why is there such an animosity from the fallen angels against our promised land? Because if you take it, they are disposed yep. into the lake of fire. This is the final frontier to boldly go where no man's gone before. Well, one man's gone before, Enoch. And then God paved the way for him. What did he do? He got into great wisdom. You read the book of Enoch? You know the book of Enoch was scripture, canonized Bible for 500 years. 25% of the time that you've had Christianity, Enoch was considered by the whole world to be the Bible. You know who took Enoch out of the Bible? The Luciferian Pope. And we got people standing against Enoch all over the place in the charismatic church that mm -hmm. refuse to listen to Enoch's wisdom because they have the Luciferian Pope in their brains. Seems legit. <laughs> so Enoch prophesied about this time. He said the apostate generation of iniquity would war against the stars. That's exactly what it yep. says. They'd war against star wisdom. What's star wisdom called with the Magi? The great wisdom. Who are they recognizing Jesus at an infant state? We saw his star. No one in Israel, no one in Israel had that kind of wisdom. Why they had the great wisdom? What's great wisdom? Genesis 1, God named the stars and called them good. Hmm. If you study the scriptures like a good Berean, you'll find that there's a differentiation between wisdom in the terrestrial and great wisdom in the celestial. Celestial means in the realm of stars. It starts with the moon and it steps into the sun and it's a path just like Jacob's ladder. He went right up into the moon, he went right up into the sun and the sun itself became united with Jacob. That's why if you read the Bible, Joseph's dream, who was the sun? This is not just a parable, it was literal guys. Jacob became the sun. That's why all these wicked sorcerers out here have all the the sorcery. It's a stolen inheritance from Jacob. <laughs> I have talked with Freemason Scottish Rite warlocks who have told me face to face, you cannot have sorcery in this world without Judaism. Okay? <laughs> So, yeah, when you said that, real quick, because we had an angel witness in the room, mm -hmm. the angel that's standing at um, Randall's left, by Randall's left ear, flashed a golden uh, flash right when you said It's that. important to understand this stuff because it's, we're Frontlines Ministries. We're dealing with high-level deception and high-level fallen angels, and we win. We consistently win. People around us don't have the same, re same revelation and they don't trust us, so they don't win with us and they turn against us because of the same spirits for wrestling. We've been dealing with that for 17 years constantly. This is nothing new to us. The issue is we want you to win and be victorious and not lose to some kind of deception, paranoia, or fear. We don't want you to be deceived, but we don't want you to reject revelation that God the Father's releasing right now. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you'll be unarmed against the mm -hmm. enemy and you will go into captivity through fears. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so learn to hear the voice of God. Start talking to God. Start hearing from God. Establish that communication before you make judgments like that. That way you establish that you're clearly hearing God. You know His voice. And even if you're in any kind of confusion or the enemy has some of your senses kind of blocked up and you don't have all of them fully developed, again, 
do the training in righteousness. Just like in the emailer that we sent out, you follow Shadrach's advice for how to take care of your room in a certain way that it'll cause angels to ascend and descend on your room. Uh, you cling to righteousness and you spend time in the word every day, especially, you know, before you go to night, you want to, as you're going through your day, you want to be mindful of God and not being defiled. If you do get defiled, you wash right with the grace, the blood of Jesus and the water so that when you go to bed, you've prepared yourself uh, for an encounter. And so every night before you go to bed, ask God to speak to you. Ask him every single night. I would I would pray and, and speak to God and beseech that he would ask you and or even say, you know, I'm not deserving of your time. This is something I told him before and when I was, you know, you know, I'm not deserving of your time and energy to speak one on one with you tonight. But even if you'll send an angel or angels or the cloud of witnesses, someone who can teach and train me where I'm at for what I need to do right now. Just something that what is it that I need to know? What is it that you want me to know or that you wish I was doing or doing more of or doing less of? Or I'll pray and ask for correction. Please correct me tonight. When I go to sleep, please grant me dreams, uh, visions of correction. Please grant me the grace that even though I didn't walk undefiled during the day today, maybe there's somewhere I wasn't perfect, uh, that even if that causes me to have a dream that's influenced from the enemy, Please allow even just the grace, because grace can override everything. Whatever I see from wherever it is, let it train and teach me or warn me or unveil, you know, my sins so that I can repent. The grace for repentance is a thing. You may not have that same grace for repentance tomorrow. Repent today while it's still called today. Like if there's something that it's made known to you that it's a sin, I would repent that day and just, just keep pressing in. And that's how you do it. You just chip away. A little bit at a time and it's not wearisome because you start to get results there the old sins aren't there anymore the old thought patterns aren't there anymore you have freedom you have breakthrough it's getting easier and easier you don't think like that anymore you, you can go and be around people and be a witness because you're above those sins that don't hold you down anymore and you don't judge them and hate them for it you love them and you can do it now because you're above you're not tethered to those sins so they can't draw you into it right initially you have to Cut yourself off from socializing with certain groups of people because they're going to pull you into sin. But you go up on sapphire stones and you have angel perspective. You have God's perspective. And you have the tools now. You're working in sapphire stones. You're getting cleaned up. And your thoughts are changing. Your thoughts are becoming holy. And speaking of holy thoughts, we'll say this. Uh, this is a word on the engendering of children. So viewer discretion is advised if you have young ones watching with you. Um, the, the holy engendering of children. And you can make that decision what you, you know, want them to hear or not. But um, just speak that beforehand. How is it that there was a certain method from days of old passed down through the Jewish heritage how to engender a holy child or a child that would be capable of not just being a Canaanite demon demon person like why is it that the patriarchs why in the matriarchs they said do not take a wife from this bunch of the canaanite but they were selective with where they got them from well in the old covenant was an external kind of thing like that we have new covenant grace but what bloodline what seed line it all starts with who you marry and who you would have your you know your kids when they grow up 
what kind of environment are they going to be around? Why is it that they, it was a certain way that they would pick a spouse and a certain method that would be used to get a soul that could be holy? Well, if you study the Jewish written history and the Bible, you'll see in the example of David and Bathsheba, you know, their first child died, right, because of sin. But out of all the different people, why did David would promise to Bathsheba that their son, their child, would be king? How was he fit or worthy? Because you know David is a man of God. If the child wasn't fit or worthy of the throne, he wouldn't give it to him. It's written in the Jewish history, out of all the, the wives of, of David's household, they would pray and they would say, May I have a may I get a son that's worthy to be king or worthy to sit on the throne? What was different about Bathsheba? I believe she's the only wife he had that truly loved him. On after reading all the, the written history, after going through the Bible and seeing who's out there in the cave, you know, uh, with him. You know, the times were imperfect. If it was perfect, like with Jacob and Leah and Rachel. If things had been perfect, if Laban's uh, red magic and sorcery hadn't messed that up, all of their children would have come from Tifret and Shekinah. Tifret and Shekinah. That's why Joseph, he saw that his, his father and his mother were the sun and the moon. That's why you had so many issues with the other sons, because Leah's eyes were dim. It was written. It was the dim. It was that blackness of the black moon. And so there was issues with the, they could, there was a limitation. God's grace was abundant and everything so worked out in the end. they all bowed to the one born of sun and moon. Yep, because it had to be, <laughs> it had to order. be, yeah, so that, that's why Joseph and Benjamin had a special anointing on their life because that was God's original plan was to bring uh, well, Jacob and Rachel. What did the religious do in reaction to truth? Yeah. Kill it. <laughs> yeah. Kill it, attack it, attack it. Yeah. <laughs> Right, because the interference of Laban's um, witchcraft and sorcery is what caused him to be married to Leah. And it delayed him for like 22 years or something like that, like seven additional years. The Jews years. believed that Leah was destined for Esau. Esau, yeah, which is interesting. What's also cool about that, God's redemptive nature, even despite all the problems, Rachel was counted as righteous um, in Jewish history. They counted her as righteous for helping her sister Leah to not be like put to public shame the Bible or rejected. Says that Jacob didn't even love Leah. <laughs> yeah. And Leah knew that Jacob wasn't even her real husband. Yeah. That's why she never interfered with her relationship with Rachel. That's in the mm -hmm. Bible, by the way. Yeah. It's so, wild stuff, man. But the grace and the mercy of God is that Leah learned righteousness and she was yeah. blessed and God blessed them to the maximum that they could possibly be blessed for how messed up the situation in their lives were. They got maximum blessings. So, Best example of turning a terrible situation. Yeah. All things work together for good for those who love That's him. right. He worked it out for good. And guess what? Even though they persecuted because of all that interference and all those things going into the seed line, they persecuted Joseph. What did God do? He used it for good. Mm. He used it to save them. He, like He literally turned their murder into a way to save them. Like If that's not love, I don't know what love is. That is God's love. sovereignty is so fascinating that in the path of perfection, he has the understanding of the enemy's reaction and mm -hmm. sin's works. Yeah. And there's a navigation through it for what perfect kingship 
of Joseph over the whole universe, over all money and all food of biological life mm -hmm. in the universe. And forgiveness and love towards his brothers and blessing them and saving them and giving the best of the land and, and weeping and hugging them and not holding any offense against them, but just totally forgiving them. He's like, he learned the heart of the father, God, his father. He learned those things. So back to that, you know, the Davidic lines with David and Bathsheba, how is it that her son was going to be on the throne? When all the other women, the wives of David, were saying, I want a son that's going to sit on the throne or be worthy to be king, her prayer was that she would be given a son from God who would have a love for the Torah, mm. who, would be full, who would be full of or have the capacity to be full of Torah. It was Torah and something else, some kind of grace-filled uh, prayer for righteousness. Oh, it, it was for Torah and prophecy that he could, that he could receive that. And uh, so since that was her prayer, it was righteous. Yeah. So the word and prophecy and that is her prayer That'll is what caused Solomon. So <laughs> they say that where your where your intentions are at towards having children affect where they come down through, what sapphire stones they come down through and what kind of attributes they're going to have. And because it's all, you know, it's based on humans. What we're, if you're a co-creator with with God, and your actions affect the kind of creation, right? Especially male and female. I told you we're going to be talking about this. So if you have the little ones at home, you know, that's your discretion again. Uh, so when a male and a female come together, uh, you bring spirits to, right. from God down to earth. So when they're having that, the marriage in a marriage is sexual union, the intentions. And also here's the next thing, the thoughts. We're going into that season of holy thoughts, right? Because at some point you're not even going to have uh, wicked or evil or of the evil sexual impulse of the flesh thoughts at all so that's that's where it's going you don't have those thoughts so both david and this is it's pretty funny they write these down in jewish history and all they they got the sanhedrins they got the midrash they have all these written records of all these details they faithfully kept for years and years and years that it's even recorded what David and Bathsheba were contemplating during sexual union. And it wasn't, you know, her butt or his whatever. It wasn't all that stuff. I'm sure that was, you know, they, I'm sure they were highly blessed in that area because what does the word of God say? It says about your marriage, we follow the way. It says that your sex life will be blessed, right? So you want your sex life blessed in your marriages. But what was it at that moment of union that they were contemplating in the celestial realm, in the heavenly realms. Sapphire stones. It was truths written on sapphire stones that they were contemplating at the moment of, of union. At Solomon's conception. At Solomon's conception. David was considering if the if the if if Yad Hey Vav Hey doesn't build the house, the builders build in vain. People say, I think it's like Psalm 127. And they say, the oh, very isn't that a song? Life of the mother and father mm -hmm. materialized yep. into the spirit that comes down mm -hmm. from God. Right, because they were having a holy union. Because you are creators. Right. And he says, you can even create while you're in mm -hmm. thin and die like yep. men. Right, so, and I know that might seem crazy, especially if someone's really early on in your sanctification. But once you're up on sapphire stones, that's what you think about 24 7. Whether you're going to the bathroom, whether you're having marital union, uh, it's it's it completely devours your thought life and your imagination. It's like Philippians four eight or something. Yeah. So, so 
imagine if that sounds crazy to you like oh i could never do that it just means that's the old soul that's the old mind it's very normal regular christian activity on sapphire stones to constantly be seeing visualizing and thinking about those higher realms of the heavens whether it's uh whether it's a normal activity that you're just working whether you're using your brain to do work whether you're having you know sexual union in your marriage whether you're cleaning your house it's constantly those above realms and that's normal and so normalize that now like take that download that because what's going to happen is as you rise and i don't know the lord wanted to talk about that this week and i had a divine confirmation the day i was um writing it down and talking to the lord about these revelations i said oh this is exciting because if we have people who are these you know couples coming together and rlm as you go up sapphire stones maybe some of you guys are trying to make babies this is how you can make the ideal baby bringing them into the world so that they're not going to have the same experience they're not going to be the same type of person that you were born as you go up higher you do the work and have a baby from a high elevation and during that moment of union what are you going to contemplate of those sapphire stones so that's what i'm talking about i'm like yes you of these children they will say they are born in zion because what Imagine parents that go all the way up the sapphire stones, or even even up into the sun. You know what I mean? Like I, I realize we're in a Children thousand years. Children that are born as ascenders yeah. instead of descenders. Right. So all those kind of like demonic babies born out of even in the even in God has blessed the marriage and they're just carnally minded and they're just thinking about animal thoughts during sex, just like pagans. Essentially, that's what goes on in most Christian you know homes. And they're birthing just kind of it's it's like it's just a it's fine it's just, it's a baby but they're gonna go it's not gonna be ideal what we want to pioneer and don't be like oh yeah we already had our kids it's too late why did we do this inside. yes if your kids have already been born what we've been teaching so far you go up and you teach and train your kids and don't hold them back if they go up faster than you, that's fine let them go up faster because then they can help you go up Never stop your kids from going higher than you or faster than you because if you let them do that, God will bless you. And guess what? You're going to have a hand reaching down. They're going to pull you up because their faith hasn't had to been hasn't been trampled on or wet blanketed upon by religious demons to the extent that you had to go through in the battles you had to fight. So don't put that on them. Let them have the freedom to just go up. They might actually be the ones that help you get up. It'd be like an elevator. It might make your life so easy. Like, oh, like, oh thank God Noah's born. He was a levitating child. First I freaked out, ah, levitating baby, getting out of here. I hope you do have a levitating baby. Matter of fact, I hope you do. <laughs> I hope you have a Noah looking, shining like the sun, or shining like the yeah. moon or a star. Um, so the children are arrows and the, the parents quiver. Um, but honestly, a lot of children aren't. Why? Because they descend because they're all their thought life and the groanings of their heart and their mind are for the things below. So there has to be mm -hmm. an upward thought life for them to be right. arrows. Because what do arrows do? They shoot straight up into the sky. Right. You're going to want to have family idolatry 
sacrificed ideally again this is the ideal situation we understand that's not the case every time but wherever you're at god has a solution for you to get to where you need to be so if you want to start it off right and god's given you that opportunity you want to overcome family idolatry anything that's in you that's i need a husband or i need a wife i need a kids for me i want to start my family kill that thing get rid of it you need a rabboni yes and you need to Learn be around Rabboni until yeah. you see the potential of your spirit in Rabboni's godliness. Because if you can have a marriage and kids without the family idolatry that kills so many people, first get gut that out of you. Go up on sapphire stones, get sanctified, and then what's the dating? And once you go up on sapphire stones, what's your dating pool going to be like? Because then God and the angels are only the ones in charge of your dating life at that point. They're going to make you, it's going to be, unless you're just totally in rebellion. And it's up to the archangels. To find someone suitable for you. They and don't you, make they're not, they're not going to pick a little sand girl, a little sand boy that's messing around in the earthly. When you're up on sapphire stones, it just doesn't work like that. So basically, the you're like, well, the options are probably so few when I go up. You know what? You're better off with it. <laughs> That's where all the angels are, and the options become yeah. perfection. Exactly. So I mean, don't settle for you know, like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be lonely. Don't just learn righteousness. It fixes all that stuff. And and go find you a righteous woman, a righteous man. Let the angels bring them to you, and make righteous babies on sapphire stones and you're like, well how high do i need to go up that's between you and god you know your destiny how much you're willing to change how much you're willing to give stubbornness and old ways and repentance all that i would say go up as high as you can and then god will speak to you he might say all right have your babies and then go have some babies and righteousness and post pictures of cute right babies of righteousness born on sapphire stones and start a new trend and you want to see whew, you want to see the real, you know, star seed children Morning trending star thing? Children. Morning star children. Yeah. yeah. Morning star seed. All right. It's real and it's biblical. Oh, yeah. This is a really precious teaching. I'm, I'm excited to see in the coming years what kind of sapphire stone children and babies y'all make in righteousness. Tomorrow God's we're doing our here. big outreach <laughs> for the orphans in Nairobi, Kenya. It's our 32nd outreach to the poor in Kenya. So just incredible 32 already in the last three Amen. years wow. and we raised over five thousand dollars for these orphans we raised so much that we we're able to pay the tuition of three different orphanages oh, of every orphan for an entire year Amen. including their food uh, new mattresses some of them yes. get mosquito netting yes. we're doing a documentary on it it's going to be fabulous one of the greatest things of rejoicing in the heart of god is causing celebration amongst orphans and so we're doing that tomorrow in Arlem, africa right. people that still want to participate with that get rewards for their cheerful giving click the links in the description finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable worthy of respect whatever is right and confirmed by god's word whatever is pure and wholesome whatever is lovely and brings peace whatever is admirable and of good repute if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them into your heart. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in your daily life. Amplified Classic.
Philippians 4, 8. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys.